Luke chapter 9. And I was prepared to preach a short message today, so uh, just in case. I asked Gary, I said, why are you singing all three verses? Do you not want me to preach (laughs) at all? So 15 minutes to go. But here in Luke chapter 9, what I'm wanting to do is we've been studying the life of Christ and his ministry to his disciples, and he has been preparing them on the way to Jerusalem. And I'm skipping over to the Gospel of Luke to look at an account that's not in the Gospel of Mark. So that's why I'm doing that uh, today. Some of you know that I uh, worked in a customer service department. I used to be in the tech support uh, department of that. Is this thing going? Yeah, it is. Okay. And I was in that tech support team, and so I really had a great time. Over the phone, I had to help people install their satellite dishes and point them to our satellite in the sky. And then also I had to help them use our another product we had to install on their computer and all the this was the whole transition from uh, Windows 95 to Windows 7 and so it was uh, uh, it was no excuse me Windows I'm, I'm thinking the wrong 98 yeah Windows 98 it wasn't 95 man that was like old <laughs> but anyway not, yeah Windows 98 XP it was XP I was like that still wasn't right Windows XP to uh, Windows 7. And, you know, Windows XP stayed out, you know, it stayed uh, in in process and uh, market for so long, and it was awesome. But I won't go geek on you. But we had a really good time uh, trying to help people out. I, I think that's where maybe I got my skills with just interacting with people because I actually, as a teenager, was very quiet. But I enjoyed talking to people over the phone and then also trying to explain how to do something when I wasn't there. You know what I mean? And to talk to people over the phone was really hard and challenging. I had a great time. And after a couple of years, um, the company I was working for started laying off people. And uh, several of us were a little concerned about whether um, we were going to have a future there. We had Josiah at that point, and I wasn't sure, you know, if we were, I was going to have to find another job with a newborn there and taking care of him and Crystal. And so, um, you know, we it came down that... Uh, Several people in my department were going to be laid off. And one of those uh, people was uh, J.D. And he was a technician on my team. And he actually had been there probably longer than anybody else. And uh, you could tell that when he was laid off, he took it personally. He just felt like he was personally rejected by um, our team and our, and our bosses. And, and he, you, know, you could tell, he's not that having a beard means anything but he stopped shaving he just kind of wasn't he was kind of unkept and stuff like that and you could tell he was just really depressed I'm very depressed he was very depressed um, about losing his job and um, I really believe um, as I interacted with him he really believed that he was safe from being laid off Um, he had been there the longest he had seniority and then also um, the boss went to the same church that he did. So he kind of figured, I think, that he was not going to lose his job, which made it kind of awkward, let me tell you, at work when he, uh, when he got laid off and he, he actually kept coming around to talk to us. But, you know, sometimes we face rejection in life, whether if it's, you know, dating or in the job or at school. You know, we can take, you know, things like that might happen in those different places as rejection and that we are personally at fault. But in another area of our life that that takes place is is in witnessing. When we're sharing Jesus with others, sometimes people reject the gospel message and we take it personally. And Jesus, 
a little bit later here in the Gospel of Luke, before he sends out his 70 laborers to spread the Gospel, he says this to them, He that heareth you, heareth me. He that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. And he wanted them to realize that when people reject the Gospel message, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting Jesus and the Word of God. And that makes a difference, doesn't it? You know, a lot of times we can be afraid to share about who Jesus is and about the plan, God's plan of salvation because we are afraid of rejection. But the fact is, is God He only commands us to be obedient. To share Jesus in obedience. And the thing is, is that Jesus came and He mentions this in this passage uh, in verses 51 through 56. He says in verse 56, For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Jesus has loved and He came to save the souls of men. And we talked about last week from the Gospel of Mark that true disciples of Christ, they love one another. They don't treat one another in a condescending way or in a prideful and self-looking way. But also it's true that true disciples of Christ love their enemies as Jesus has loved them. And so I want to encourage you to handle rejection like Jesus does in this passage, okay? How do you handle rejection of the Gospel of Christ? Uh, we're going to see that the disciples, James and John, don't handle it so godly. Uh, verse 51 says, And it came to pass when the time was come that Jesus should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face, and they went, entered into a village of the Samaritans. I wonder if they had 500 to 1,000. Christine, I don't know. But anyway, he goes into that village and he has them sent ahead to make ready for him. Verse 53, And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even like Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of? For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Uh, how do you handle rejection like Jesus Christ? First of all, you need to face rejection with grit. Okay, I know that's kind of a southern <laughs> expression, but you guys use it out here out west too. But you need to be able to handle rejection with some grit. You know, you need to have some thick skin. You need to remain faithful. And I get this from verse 51 as we look at our Savior's response. Um, it says, And it came to pass when the time was come, when the days were fulfilled, literally, that he should be ascended or received up. It's actually a noun there. That, he should, that his ascension should take place. And he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And this is a... Um, he, um, uh, idiom or expression that the Hebrews would use. To set your face towards something. That means to be um, resolved to do something in the face of danger. And see, Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. Uh, he knew what was going to take place in Jerusalem. He had already prophesied at least twice in our study of Mark that he was going to be rejected, that he was going to suffer, that he was going to die and he was going to rise on the third day. So Jesus was in control. He knew what he was doing. And in spite of knowing that 
this rejection was coming, he still pursued the cross. If you've been following news this week, um, I read of a home invasion in Atlanta this week. Any of you read that story? Um, it was a home invasion. About three uh, men came in with guns, with pistols, and through the back door or something. And this woman came out, and she just had her pistol. She got woken up uh, by it, and she went in there, and she actually killed one of them. And then the other two or three fled. But, I mean, I thought about that. I mean, that's a terrible thing, you know, that we live in a world where that kind of thing can take place. And I'm glad that she was, you know, ready with a a firearm to defend herself. But do you think she went to bed that night thinking, you know, I'm going to be, my home's going to be invaded tonight? I think if she knew that that was going to happen, I don't think she would go to sleep that night. You know what I mean? And I think, and I, as we look at what Jesus was written about Jesus here in verse 51, he knows rejection or, you know, oppression and attack is coming. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows all the details about what's going to happen. And he still sets his face towards Jerusalem because he loved you and he loves me. And he was wanting to provide a salvation, a way of salvation for you and me. And so, when we think about sharing the gospel, is there a fear that we might be rejected? Is there a possibility that we might be rejected? Absolutely. It was a certainty that Jesus was going to die on the cross, and he still pursued God's will. There's a possibility you may be rejected, and a lot of times we don't share the gospel out of fear. And so will you allow the rejection of Jesus to discourage you? Will you allow possible rejection of Jesus and the gospel to discourage you and disable you Um, we need to realize that our job is not to save sinners that's god's job and i think that really takes a load off of us doesn't it we realize that we it's not our responsibility to save people but it's god's responsibility to save people we can't only jesus can do that but he expects you to faithfully share him with others And you know what? God will use your obedience in sharing the gospel and the plan of salvation with people. But you know what he will not use is your silence. He will not use your silence. And are you willing to follow Christ in this way and to be willing to grit through whatever may come when you share the gospel of Christ? Are you that resolved And do you love your loved ones and your neighbors and your friends who are lost enough to share Christ with them? And second of all, respond not only to rejection with grit and faithfulness with resolve, but also with grace. With grace. And really, the rest of the verses talk about this. You know, we can begin to despise unbelievers who reject the gospel. We see here that James and John, they see that Jesus is rejected and they take it personally. You know, their pride is hurt. Their passion is hindered and they become vindictive and they despise this village of Samaritans. Now, these Samaritans should have known better. In John chapter 4, this took place before this account. Jesus has been to a city of Samaria called Sychar. It was actually close to Mount Gerizim where they worship God in this other place and another temple. And that's really what's going on here is these Samaritans, they don't reject Jesus because he's a Jew. They reject Jesus because of where he chooses to worship God. See, there was 
Samaria is right above Judea or Jerusalem. Actually, a road goes between Jerusalem up to Samaria and into Galilee. It's the shortest way to get to Galilee. So if you're going from Galilee and you want to go to Jerusalem, you just go straight south on this road. Okay? Not exactly, but you do go south. That's the closest way. But most Jews would go across the Jordan River to the east side, go south, and then go through Jericho up through Bethany and Bethphage into Jerusalem that way. Why did they do that? Because of the harassment of the Samaritans. When you went south on that road to Jerusalem through Samaria, you had to bypass a mountain called Gerizim. And during Nehemiah's time, we, we studied that book. Uh, you remember Sanballat? He wanted to help with the rebuilding of the walls and, and also the temple. Outsiders wanted to help out with the temple. Well, it was around that time that the Samaritans, they built this rival temple in Samaria. And so you had to go past this temple on that road in order to go to Jerusalem. And they would harass people. And that's exactly what they're doing to Jesus here. But they should have known better because Jesus has shown His love to Samaritans. He, had, he met the woman at the well. He revealed that He was the Savior, God's Savior, the Messiah. And she believed on Him as Savior. And then she went back to her village. And then her village neighbors and friends and family, they trusted in Jesus as Savior. And they had Him stay there for a couple of days. And they should have known better, but they refused to receive Jesus Christ. And they missed out on trusting Him as Savior. They missed out on His uh, miracles. They missed out on hearing Him teach and preach the Word of God and teach Scripture and how He fulfilled the Old Testament. And this is not the first time that Jesus has been rejected by people. You remember in our study of Mark, He was rejected by the Gergeshines when He, he uh, expelled that legion of demons. And they asked Him to leave their coast. You remember that? And then also when He was in Nazareth, they refused to believe in Him and they, they refused Him as well. Now, let me ask, kids, did Jesus... Did Jesus rain fire down on heaven, uh, from heaven on Nazareth, his own hometown? He didn't, did he? Hey, thanks, Joseph. I, I was okay, but yeah, he didn't. And you know what? He he didn't. He wasn't in the habit of doing something like that. But James and John took this personally, and they wanted to destroy these people. You know what? Jesus responded in a different way. He responded with grace and with compassion. And I wanted to just uh, read verses 55 and 56 again for you. He turned and he rebuked them. And he said, You know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went into another village. I want to read from 2 Timothy chapter 2 in regards to how we as servants of Christ deal with people who are deceived. And they are um, they don't believe in Jesus as Savior. It says in verses 24 and 26, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle. That means friendly. Unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness or in control okay, of himself, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by Him at His will. See, the fact is, is that when Jesus saw that village there in Samaria, He saw those people not as His enemies, but as captives of the will of the devil. 
And that's what we need to do as well. See, we, when people reject the gospel of Christ, we can become vindictive when we think, oh, it's because the way I was dressed that day or the way I presented the gospel or whatever the situation or circumstances. No, they rejected because they are prisoners of the devil and what he wants to do in their lives. And he wants to send them to everlasting torment in hell. And when we view them in that way, it changes our heart. It changes our heart. And so uh, we read in Acts chapter 8 about Samaria. And it's not mentioned here. But in Acts chapter 8, it mentions that there were demon-possessed people that were healed later on. In Acts chapter 8, it talks about a sorcerer named Simon that was there practicing his black magic and his demonic activity. This was not a righteous place. This was not... You know, where you want to raise your family, okay? Uh, there was, it was a godless society, even though they had their form of godliness. They denied the power thereof. And here in Acts chapter 8, and Jesus knew this, what would have happened if he called down fire from heaven? Those people would have died, wouldn't they? They would have died. But in Acts chapter 8, there's a deacon named Philip that sent out of Jerusalem under persecution, and he goes to Samaria, and he preaches the gospel, and many were saved. And probably the same ones that rejected Jesus were in that city of Samaria that day. And what would have happened if James and John had their way? If their vindictive nature, if they responded the wrong way to rejection, people would have been in eternity and eternal torment forever and ever. But they were gloriously saved. And uh, I want to just read um, some verses in Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Walk in wisdom toward them that are outside or without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. We can be tempted to write off people who reject the Gospel of Christ, but Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't. We can despise them for how they have treated us, but we must have compassion for these people like Jesus Christ. We have to see them not as our enemies, but as prisoners of the devil himself. And he's having his will done in their life. We need to make the most of our opportunities with them. Jesus said, bless them that curse you. Love them that hate you. Romans chapter 14, return good for evil that you may heap coals of fire upon their head. See, God will use your godly response to rejection. Rejection is not the end point. It is just a point in the road. And sometimes that does happen when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. But don't let it discourage you. And don't allow it to make you bitter and vindictive. But may, may you allow God to use it to make you stronger and a bolder witness for him because the fact is is we can't save souls he saves them but we have to be willing to obey are you willing to respond even to rejection like jesus christ with every head bowed and eyes closed i want you to consider this text this morning and i want you to just talk to the lord in the quietness of the moment with our pianist playing i want you to talk to the lord maybe there's a friend 
spouse, family member that you know that's lost. And you haven't talked to them about Jesus. You haven't talked to them about their soul. They're going to die and go to hell. And you won't share Christ with them. Is it because of a fear of rejection? Are you afraid for them to reject the Gospel of Christ? Have you believed this lie from the devil that they're rejecting you? No, they're rejecting Jesus Christ. And Jesus calls you to be His faithful witness. Are you willing to share your faith and share Jesus and His Word with others? Christians pray and while they're praying, if Maybe if you're here and you haven't trusted Jesus as your Savior. Christine's been talking about the message that she's been sharing, the person she's been sharing with these Africans across the sea. But maybe you haven't trusted Jesus as your Savior. It's not too late. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner. And that you cannot save yourself from the penalty of your sin. And trust in the power of of what Jesus did on the cross when He died in your place to save you from your sins. Believe in Him and you will be saved. Is there anyone that would say, Pastor, I just I just did that. I just trusted in Jesus as my Savior. Just did. I just asked him to save me and I trust in him as my Savior. Will you raise your hand? So I can pray for you. I'd like to be a help to you, an encouragement to you. While Christians pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to hear what you're doing in Ivory Coast, West Africa. Thank you, Lord, for Christine, how you've protected her and how you have used her. Hundreds have been saved. We just praise you and give you the honor honor for that. We just thank you for your great love for them. Lord, we just pray for ourselves here that we would take the gospel of Christ to Akron, Otis, Brush, Fort Morgan, Sterling, wherever we're at. Um, that wherever we live, wherever we work, whatever family we're in, that we would share Jesus with others. Lord, help us to look to Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and choose to love love our enemies as You have loved us. That we would give them the greatest message, the greatest news that's ever been told. That we would share Jesus with them. Lord, help us and give us boldness we pray, Lord, that you will bless our fellowship here to follow, that you will bless this food to our bodies. We thank you for uh, how you have bountifully provided for this church. And, uh, Lord, we just ask that you would bless this time and this food to our bodies. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.